Hey, this week on Waiting Wongs, we have our first guest, Brittany Nichols. You can't see her, but she's not white. Waiting Wongs is easy when you have friends that sounded racist. This song should end. All right. So here we are. I want. I want. Just wanted to say I was delighted by our Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, I really hope that uh, you going to China is not just a joke, and that we'll really do it. No, I. Do, you know, maybe not for Christmas, but which I'm not still ruling out. But but I. That's way too soon. That's like next month. My big takeaway was that I feel like I shut up a little more. I feel like I listened a little more. I don't know. Yeah, I feel you like did. If I, pull, I think we have a good rhythm going now. Yeah, I feel like I'm. I, you know, I I got a I got a habit of like fucking bibble babble and like mansplaining and dansplaining and. But, you know, I, yeah, I'm not going to continue to explain that. <laughs> I, 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 wanted, I wanted to do a big, long monologue about how proud I am of shutting up for <laughs> um, All right. Let's introduce our guest, Brittany Nichols, who is a awesome comedy writer amongst and a filmmaker and several other things that she'll tell you about now. Oh, OK. <laughs> Just going to throw you in the spotlight. Yeah, uh, I do all those things. I do some improv. I do some stand-up. I'm a Twitter genius. Uh, That's pretty much me. So Brittany and I worked on a show together. But wait, we have to say she's black. Oh, all right. Well, Brittany's black. This is the only podcast where that's That's absolutely (laughs) important. That where everyone has to sound off their ethnicities. (laughs) I mean, we did that our first episode. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I'm black. Yeah. Uh, I'm gay. Uh, I'm genderqueer. Um, Wait a minute. God damn it. We didn't, didn't talk about this. You didn't sign up for that, did you? Uh, oh, I snuck that in there. Uh, can, we, can, can I can I can can I ask your age or, or age range? It's not about. It's because I want to know like what kind of generation in terms of the comedy industry mm-hmm. and things like where I'm you're. Twenty nine. Okay, so you're young. You're what I call a kid. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. Filmmaker, like, like, uh, where, where were you? Where'd you grow up? Grew up in Chicago. Uh, went to Yale. Lived in Minneapolis for a summer and the Bay Area for a year. Been in LA for six years. Hmm. Hubba hubba. Yeah. You come from LA straight from the Bay? Yes. Yeah. Um, so Brittany and I worked on a show together and, um, she really kept me sane during that time. Sometimes in the writer's room, I would think I was going crazy, and then I would look over at Brittany's face, and I would be like, nope, we're the sane ones. <laughs> so what? what's your experience in TV specifically? Because we, we spend a lot of time talking in, in, uh, about writer's rooms mm-hmm. on here. Um, you, how, how many writer's rooms have you been a part of? Three at this point, I think. I wrote for his BET show. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like a variety late night sort of thing. You said B B S T? What? B E T. Oh, B E T. Okay. That's how unfamiliar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what is black this, uh, entertainment and television? Now, what is black entertainment? <laughs> You people are already so entertaining. How do you have a whole network? (laughs) Wouldn't that make my television explode? (laughs) Sorry, went too Um, far. Oh, I guess four rooms. And then I was on, it was just for a pilot, but I was in a room for Yo, Is This Racist based off the Andrew T podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I just did Drop the Mic on TBS. 
which is a rapping uh, rap battle show between celebrities. Now these sound like if I could be perfectly, I'm. It doesn't sound like you. You're you. You. You've been scuba diving into like white people sitcoms, like where you're like, oh, here we have a black writer in our room. It's uh, it's it's like you're getting hired. On. One would think, <laughs> given the pedigree of those shows, but I mean the BET show was a pretty. It was like half black, half white. Mm-hmm. Um, Take my wife was. Mm, we were the two people of color. Y- yeah. Two women of color because it was yeah. an all-female room. And then our, our writer's assistant. Drop the mic, a rapping show. I was the only black person. Are you kidding me? I am not. So, it, it, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> now, we should have these statistics, so it's weird to have you on as a guest and then start quizzing you about this, but we still... like Very this, bad. They are very bad. There's just not... And here's the thing that... Well, so, and so like, do you, do, you, do you have any inkling, even just out of your butt, like about how many black writers, mm-hmm. uh, regardless gender orientation, where just black writers, not uh, not non-white, just straight up African-American writers um, exist, period. Like, 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 or, and, and so that, because I, I, I want to get a landscape of like, when we talk about representation in the writer's room, mm-hmm. I want to know, if part of the elephant in the room might be, how many, uh, how many women writers are there? Whether that means how many are being represented at the five major agencies. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that depends on your definition of who qualifies as a writer, because is it somebody who is working, who has worked? Because there's tons of writers who are trying to b- break in and are having trouble. So it depends on whether or not you count those people as writers. Yeah, I know. Like I've, I, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I remember going to WGA and it was like a writer writing for color panel or something. And I was like the token white guy on the panel. And there was, I mean, it was like a fucking room, not an auditorium, just a room full of black writers all going, yeah, give me a job. Like, 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 so it's like the, the, the willingness, the representation is there. I think it, we, we've talked on this podcast, like we think the bottleneck is at the agency level. But well, we- I think it's at every level. <laughs> you think it's at the agency <laughs> level. I think it's at every level. Uh, do you have any insight about this? Because... Uh, well, there's a, a guy, a professor at UCLA who puts out a report every year that talks about diversity in writer's rooms. And he specifically, I think, just did one uh, about who's registered at the WGA, like who's an active member. And, uh, I mean, I can't remember what the percentages are off the top of my head, but it is very bad. Yeah, we covered the WGA report. It just didn't break down the individual races, but basically right. minority writers, I think, wasn't it like... 13. Se- yeah, it was like, it went from 13 to, it was a huge jump to 17%. There's that- one that breaks down race, though. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and gender. And, yeah. And, yeah. This one. Uh, this one broke. Oh, gender within. Within. Oh, okay. Yeah. That I would want to see. And Is I it, think you have to be very careful when you lump in all pe- so-called people of color. I honestly, as a white showrunner who um, who has been incentivized with diversity programs to meet with, you know, it 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 
there are some white ass dudes calling themselves half Cuban. (laughs) (laughs) So, and if the WGA is respecting that categorization, I gotta say, that's the funny thing about progress is that it gets, it becomes kissing cousins with auction blocks because you're like looking at people and appraising them and categorizing them. Like you're, it's like we, you don't get more racist than when you're trying to solve racism because you're like, now you're getting out swatches from, from Home Depot and going like, okay, like, yeah. What is what does black really mean? Well, well, yeah, because I think there's a a breadth of experience within the black experience. Like my experience as like someone who grew up around black people and then went to Yale. I am I think not a lot of people have had that experience of like being around black people going to like the most pri- one of the most privileged institutions mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, my experience is going to be different than someone who was a black person who was like set up to go to Yale or like a black person who doesn't even know what the fuck Yale is. So, and I think there is definitely a certain type of black person that is getting drawn into these diversity programs. Like it's not like anyone who like comfortably uses the word nigga. Like that's not who's being staffed in these rooms. And as soon as you said the word Yale, I mean, my white brain immediately like, the computer just went like, okay, either you're from a black family that made more money than mine, I or... I just played basketball. <laughs> <laughs> was like, just was very good at basketball. <laughs> was it for real? It was a scholarship? Like, is that what you're saying? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's like... I mean, you have to meet the same standards, but, like, if I didn't play basketball, I wouldn't have even known really what Yale was or meant. Oh, man. I didn't know and what the Ivy if League If you told was me I went to Yale recruiting. and I said, oh, was it a bla- basketball scholarship? I would <laughs> I would be the most racist person in the world. <laughs> and still am. But, uh, yeah. But I was immediately curious about that. And it's like, it's like do, you, do you have opinions about that? Like, like you know, you ever watch 30 Rock? You know, they have that mm-hmm. joke on there. It's a character, the twofer. Right. He's he's a twofer because he's, he's technically black, but he's also from Harvard. Right. And it's like, those are the two things you want on your, one of on your right staff basically is the joke and it it, it does it, uh, we had a, we had this awkward conversation at one point where i kind of fumbled through it i was trying to i was trying to express the idea of like if you're a black writer in the sense that you were born physically black mm-hmm. which ostensibly means nothing if we're in a Roddenberry universe where race is an artificial construct, however, culturally is important because there's a class system in place where blacks are disproportionately uh, declassed. Mm-hmm. So does diversity mean anything at all if a if the black writer that you hire in, on your white sitcom mm-hmm. is... Is the is the black writer that um, submitted the the best like sitcom script for your white sitcom that was like this kind of autistic like perfect like like this kid that like just fucking mimics television the best in other words the assimilation mm-hmm. is that effective diversity or is the more important thing to like act to get actual different you know right. worldview yeah. Um, I mean, I think at at this point, it all matters. I mean, I think that that person still has to move through the world as a black person. They're still going to have different experiences. That's what Jessica said, and I thought she was full of shit. No, (laughs) no, that's... And I think they're going to have, like, different priorities. So even if you can't necessarily see what the the large scope, like, 
thing is by hiring this person, you don't know what that person then is going to be able to move along and do and like how you're going to be helping them yeah. climb the rungs of the industry or whatever, because then they're going to go and hire 10 black people. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It all, it all counts, I think, just because they didn't have a quote unquote like low income black right. American experience. They still exist as a black person and their experience is specific to being black still. Yeah. Yeah. And like... This is, I feel like, within, like, communities of color, it's a hotly debated issue of, like, is it better for you to get hired? What, what about writers who, writers of color who get hired, but then totally play into their white showrunner's love for, like, racial stereotypes? Mm-hmm. And, like, they're the ones who make the the stereotypical jokes because they can, but they're just right. playing into what, like, a, a racist white showrunner wants, you know? Or you have to. I mean, this is the thing that I've always, like, when there was less gender diversity... It, it there's a phenomenon with female comedy writers they that where they they skew blue mm-hmm. they want to prove in their interview um you know i'm gonna oh what i i don't have any fucking hang-ups so it's like <laughs> it's almost like like the irony could be that a an intelligent male writer is like, you know, she's kind of hacky, right. but it's like, like, like she's like trying to prove that, you know, like I'm not, I'm not going to be a problem. I'm right. not going to be a problem. She's overcompensating. I'm, I'm ta- constantly thinking about dicks and balls and tampons and here we go. Right. <laughs> and and it, it's, that's. And that. it's to the detriment of what her own personal voice in comedy is, you know, because rather than honing her own individual voice in comedy, she's trying to approximate what she thinks the boys club will accept. And what the fastest way to get the boys club to accept? I also can't everything. even imagine because I'm I constantly call myself I don't constantly call myself white I constantly call myself fat ugly <laughs> alcoholic stinky <laughs> stupid lazy yeah and I and I you know Brittany's laughing I got a laugh out of her like <laughs> like like is it a genuine laugh is it a nervous laugh is it a you know is it an earned laugh like I. I'm not I'm not trying to trick anybody but mm-hmm. I have my comfort zones right. like I'm I'm like you I I get a smile out of you when I call myself fat mm-hmm. you know and it's like if I were black if I were a woman if I were a lesbian you know it 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 it, it cheers people up it, it gets people either put off guard right. or or like actually draws them in and makes you think they're charismatic if you're like like well I'm a dyke or I'm a you know and so it's like it's weird to to differentiate between that line too where it's like sometimes that makes you a genius and an amazing person and you're owning your shit and then other people might do the same set of references to themselves like Shit, well, you know, I, I like I, I'm the only black man in here, like constantly referring to that, and then sometimes that person's kind of hacky after a while. Well, I think it's about like that you have the privilege to have other parts of your identity be valuable and have other people like care about them at all. And I think if you're the only one of anything in a room, it's no s- secret. It's like an open secret, I guess. That like, oh, I this is why I'm here. They needed mm-hmm. one of these, and it's me. So I need to be that. Or not be it at all. I think that there's like not a yeah. lot of like middle ground where I can like I can be myself. It's either I have to be the one policing for black jokes or what the fuck ever, or I have to pretend that I'm not black and that nothing bothers me and okay all of the black things that they say to make them feel better about themselves. Mm-hmm. I and I gotta say, I imagine if there's ten writers in a room, as 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 weird as it, w- as it would be to be the only black writer in the room, I gotta think. Adding another black writer actually doubles down on the discomfort because it it doesn't become half 
as easy, doesn't it? Wouldn't it become... I don't know if you can speak to this. You haven't had this experience, well, I but think it's like this is just like what Jess was saying earlier. It's just someone to like make eye contact with and be like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" Like it, even that, like comfort. If you don't have anyone to make eye contact with, you turn you turn yourself. You become very internal, and that's the exact opposite of what you want in a writer. Were room. you guys bonding in those moments about being non-white? Do you think? I mean, it's not so much bonding; it's just acknowledgement and support. You know, mm-hmm. it's like. We both know what's going on here. Right. Like, was and, it, but it related to race, right? Sh- yeah. Like somebody but, but was pitching something that you guys but not were... Necessi- it's not even that on the nose. It's just sometimes you are you kind of look at each other and it's like... Because often I'd look at her and just I just know like she was thinking the same thing I'm thinking, which is like, this is some white nonsense, you know? <laughs> right. Like, which isn't always related to race. It's not yeah. always a racial topic. It might yeah. just be the way that you talk about something or like not really opening your eyes to the breath of an experience because you haven't had to your whole life. Yeah, it's just acknowledging being the other together, you know, and having one other person in the room do that is miles and miles apart from being the only one. Right. I mean, and and that... Like, in a positive way. Like, I... There's so many I, I, there's so many shows I worked on where I would have given anything to have another other person in the room, you know, because, like... Because when you're alone, like it's you, it's so lonely being the only one in the room, right? And you also don't want to be the wet blanket. That's the other thing too, right. is that like people, uh, people who are other, like LGBT women, people of color, you have to spend so you have to work. You really, you truly have to work twice as hard to get half as much because not only all the other white guys, the straight white guys in the room. They can just use de- devote one hundred percent of their brain to coming with jokes and doing their job well. That's all they have to do. They don't and, have to worry about anything and else. And thirteen percent too. But, I mean, are we woke or not? But that's we'll get. But we'll whatever. Put a pin in that. Like they, they don't have to. They all they have to do is do their job, and that's it. But like for the rest of us, not only are we doing that, but we're also like policing, making sure that like our people are being represented. That everything, um, anything that touches like anything in one of our communities is being done respectfully and also trying to figure out like how do I point that out in a way where I'm not the wet blanket I'm not the PC police I'm not going to get accused of being a social justice warrior <laughs> like but I'm the only person in this room who will care about this and who who cares enough to try to protect it that's why I have to say if there's 10 writers but Britney's never worked in, a, in you know on the Goldbergs and been the one right. black writer on the Goldbergs like but the, I have to imagine that if you're one of two black writers on a sitcom that's just sort of like the Kevin James eats soup and he likes eating soup show, that it, it could get worse because what if one black writer out of ten keeps going to this? Let's say he's not it just he's just a technically black writer, and let's mm-hmm. say he's a hack. Let's say he keeps making these hack jokes that that as you guys are describing is are like. He's learned to become a master of like blending and 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 making people comfortable. And now you're not you're not just the one black writer on a, 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 a sitcom writers room. You're also now like your silence is consent when this person pitches a hacky fried chicken joke or whatever. Like that makes the white writers cackle. And then you're like, wait, now I have to be the black writer that spoils the party when the other black writer like went there and right. got this pat on the head. I well, just think my question is why do you have then eight shitty white writers? Like I, they're hacky too. <laughs> if they're letting it go. Well, I'm not your question's throwing me cuz I'm like yeah. 
Well, I don't understand what you're asking. Well, I'm I'm saying like I guess I'm saying wouldn't it be a nightmare to be wouldn't it be even more a nightmare to it's be... all a nightmare yeah, here's what like, you need to understand yeah, yeah, yeah. being a person of color in a writer's room is a nightmare period how much you're going to embrace that varies from person to person some people are just going to coast by and other people are going to make a fucking stink and what the difference is that when i disagree with something i don't I have to worry about, oh, is this person going to disregard me because of my race, of my gender, of my sexuality? It's not me as a writer having a, having an opinion. It's me as a black person having an opinion. And it is status quo to dismiss the opinion of people of color, of queer people, of women, period. Especially when you have eight other guys who look like you and think the same way as you backing you up. Like, if you dismiss that person, you got eight other guys who are like, yeah, totally, bro. Like, I agree with you. Like, that... that uh, that opinion sucked. Yeah. And you have eight guys. You you're rolling so deep that you have eight guys backing you up, and like meanwhile, like imagine being the one writer who's like who probably is lower on the totem pole for of sure. Of course, and the is, least amount. Of yes, power. and is like and is like, do I just let this go to protect my job so that I can keep working and feeding myself and working and trying to have a career, or do I say or do I? refuse yeah. to betray my people and say something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's yeah. the that's the minute that's what debate. i really want to talk about because yeah. this, this podcast was born of a, of a of of a moment like that and i've been perfectly honest about how without a pack of white dudes backing me up because i don't trust those hacks any more than a, a, a hack of color <laughs> like uh, but i have actual personal like i've acknowledged you know especially since the election taking inventory and stuff is like i look back on the 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 professor wong experience like i when i go through this doctor thank you very much oh, she yeah, went through well, several years of was it fictional yeah. medical school but <laughs> is acupuncture really a medicine <laughs> um the the it it, it I, I know I can be perfectly honest about it and walk through the flow chart uh, of my brain. And I remember, like, this issue came up. And I know that my first diamond in that flow chart was, like, this is racial shit. This is political shit. This is comedy death. Yeah. This is – and I think the white writer – um, white showrunner, white pack animal. Um, the stigma in the in his brain is um, there is this there is this concept in the white writer's brain that is like if if we start talking about race, gender, politics, representation, equality, proactivity, etc. It, the it, it, you could have a you could have a well-intended white writer who actually if you hooked them up to a polygraph test as we often say it this is like they wouldn't ask them if they're racist ask them if they hate anybody they say no they pass because in their brain they don't however they have this mechanism that I'm copping to where you go oh shit if we're gonna start talking about fairness and blibbity blah like. It, 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 there is this like cult. It's just like this socialized thing in the white comedy writer brain, where you just go like, "Oh shit, comedy's comedy's under threat." Yeah, but We're that's t- called entitlement. <laughs> yes, like that's what it is. That's and, called entitlement. And fragility and privilege and et cetera. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, 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 but yeah, you just like I want to I want to flag that and tag that and all that stuff because it's it just like it it it, it w- would that it were as simple as. Um, if there's six white dudes behind me, I'll think 
differently. I, I, I'm actually saying a down. Uh, uh, it's worse than we think because actually within my singular white brain, I could have an all black writer's room and the honest to God truth. I don't know why that situation would occur, but if one if one black woman on my all black writing staff um started you know if i heard third hand you know maggie uh has a problem about scene three and the episode four i'd start going like, well maggie's going to be a problem because we're mm-hmm. trying to write a comedy show here and if maggie's going to be high maintenance it would be it would be my it would be sure it would yeah. spark there with me i'm not i'm not yeah. backed by a hundred but, but it's but it's also because you got to move through your entire life not having to try to cater to and assimilate to somebody else, you know, whereas like all people of color had to grow up in and exist and navigate a world of whiteness. And yes. so, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't, yeah, it's, and I, the, the, the uplifting part of this is that the other reason this podcast exists is because I bothered in my lazy 43 year old, like privileged, I was like so privileged. I'm like, I have nothing to lose by asking Jessica what the fuck is going on with this. <laughs> and you somehow we got through that conversation without me, like... Well, I think, I, I honestly think it's just because that you you trusted that I wasn't trying to attack you or make you into a fool. But I wonder what that is, because it's like, it's not it's not like you're, you're not a, you're not, you don't have like a cheerleader personality. You're not like, <laughs> you, you've never kissed my ass in your life. Yeah. Like, I've never, you've never done anything i wonder what I, I wonder am i neutered do i just get old and tired and i'm like i'm so entitled that i'm like now let's talk about people of color and representation because i'm bored and i have nothing to lose well no i think that you and i like kind of bonded pretty quickly and like related to each other pretty quickly on an intellectual level and we like like clearly like liked having conversations so um, and because it kind of happened organically i think that it didn't feel to you like it was like some sort of weird takedown or pointed attack and i also think it helped that like it was just the two of us it yeah. wasn't like in front of an I never entire felt writer's like I was room. being asked to give up anything now i, I want to go back to this point though because Brittany uh said it, it, it's so uh, let's talk about being an individual writer and like you said you're you're not the showrunner you're subordinate uh, what are what are the personal rules? What do you think is the right personal philosophy? It, 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 like like um, you guys are just struggling with this right in front of me about when are you supposed to be a wet blanket? Is there a code? Is there an Asimov's rules of? Well, I feel like a lot of the times what happens is there is there becomes this dichotomy of comedy versus PCness or whatever, separating the two as if they can't coexist. And I think that a lot of times if I'm bringing something up. It's also not funny. And mm-hmm. I feel like that there's this dismissal of me being like, oh, this is not fucking funny. But since it's surrounding one of these topics, that's what it's about. And I also think that there's a, a disregard for, like, the responsibility to the people that watch your show. Right. I think that if your goal is to have them enjoy themselves, have them laugh, have them want this to be something that they can find refuge in and feel like related to and like that there are other people like them in the world and that piece of art then alienates them and makes them feel bad about themselves, then you're doing your job poorly. And I feel like people can't hear that because there is this insecurity. There is this like feeling of like, oh, I'm being attacked that people just across every sort of <laughs> category just don't people don't deal with it well nobody wants these highway cones added to their driver's test yeah i think i think people who 
look, I, I'm an elitist, so the way the way I would simplify it is hacks are going to hack, and mm-hmm. if a, if a hack is told, oh, in a like a studio executive might say, um, this is a great show about Martians, we need more Mars jokes in it. A writer, a hack writer, will say, "Well, I wish that we didn't have that note. Uh, how can I address that and still get home by five? However, these are the people paying my paycheck, so I'm going to address it. I'm going to bother weaving that highway cone." If a subordinate tries to add another highway cone and says, "By the way, also that's a gay joke. Can we make it like a little less like just hacky gay joke? Right. Like like it's funny to be gay." And that writer's like, no, 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 home by five, uh-uh, and I don't work for you, you work for me, and and fuck, fuck, it's hard enough to come up with a funny joke. I, f- I think that hacks, mm-hmm. um, of which, let's say, eighty five represents 85% of all writers, top to bottom, left to right. 85% of all women are hacks. 85% of all gay people are hacks. 85% of all white men are hacks. 85% of all writers. 85% of all EPs. 85% of all staff writers. Uh, so we're comfortable there. Like, 85%, you're fucking hack. Because that's why the word exists. You're, you can't be special and be the majority. So in, in that world, it's like, well, if I'm a hack, that means when I go to my job and my job is to be special, uh, which is not a cargo lifter's job to be special. Their job is to fucking lift a certain amount of cargo. They, they probably have their own internalized religion. Oh, you, you came in drunk, whatever. You can move more crates than me. I don't know what fucking season two of The Wire. But uh, <laughs> but comedy writing. That's where that was going. You know, where do you think I learned about physical labor? <laughs> From my dad? <laughs> it wasn't until like 2005 that you learned what physical labor was. All right. The, 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 the comedy writing, <clears throat> writing in general... You go to work every day, and even if you're a genius and not a hack, our job is all the same. It's like your job is to bump your head up against the threshold between what you're able to do and what you're not able to do. Like, we all want to be good. We all want to, like, write that funnier joke than we're capable of writing. And I think a hack is a coward. A hack is somebody who reacts to that um, that feeling of weakness um, with more cowardice than a genius. I think a genius. This is all self-serving. This is all biased. <laughs> like this is all like like this is my. Per- I'm sharing my personal religion. I'm not. That's different from me saying like here's how I think things should work or how I think things really are. Even I'm just sort of like this is how I feel about writers. Right. That 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 a hack is the person who who reacts to the natural ang- anxiousness and, and fucking like deep psychic suffering of our job um, with, with cowardice. Mm-hmm. And, th- and, 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 I, and, 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 and I think that the hack within all of us, that's why when I hear, if I hear, Oh, Jessica had some problem with, or uh, Yvette Nicole Brown wants to see you. She, she doesn't want her character to take a shit in a drawer. Um, you know, <laughs> Which is a, a common black stereotype. <laughs> well, I thought, no, that was like the funniest. And it comes from a true place. Cause I shouldn't have drawered just this morning. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really funny conversation in a triumph for community season one of Nicole Brown. I always told my right uh, actors, I said, I said, uh, come, come to the office. Like, I don't want to, I don't want there to be like a thing. Yvette Nicole Brown was the only one who took me up 
up on it, and I I got to admit in the back of my head, I'm like, fuck this high maintenance bullshit. But 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 I was like, yeah, but you promised, and so I heard her out, and she's like, yeah, you know, you have me taking a shit in the drawer, and I was like, well, what say, so what do you? You just don't want to work blue, and she's like, "Well, I'm the only black woman, and all this stuff." And I, in my head, in my head, not out of my mouth, I was like, "Oh, gr- oh, r-. you know, like <laughs> right. I, I, I'm, a, I, I have that reaction. I go, sure. I, I, my first reaction is, was like, this is, oh, this right. is bullshit. Sure. Yeah." I don't know if you guys can re- I, well, relate to that. Well, because when you do stuff, it's a all of your creative output is a reflection of you, Dan Harmon, the individual. But anytime a person of color has any sort of involvement in creative output, they have the burden of they have the weight of everybody of color on their shoulders. They have the weight of their entire community on their shoulders. Looking back on it, I can't believe I ever even. Proposed. <laughs> it makes no joke. sense to me. No, it's like, I thought I, that was I, a weird example at first. No, I, I, I but, but, and it's like it, that's the thing is like it's always unconscious. Like I didn't, I didn't. That's not a black stereotype to me. Oh, black women, they love shitting in boxes. She said, like that's you know, and and, and because I wasn't thinking about it that way, her complaint seemed like bullshit. Does that make sense? It's like mm-hmm. because it, that's right. the that's the funny thing is that it's the the chief ag- agent of oppression is the shit that we don't think about. Like we all talk about like Nazis like like wanting to oh they they they're this cartoon in Hustler magazine is trying to make black people feel like they're animals. Oh, we can all look at it. Let's just let's just put all those people in jail. They're already in jail. They write for Hustler. <laughs> It's the shit that you don't think about. Like I was like, oh, she wants to take a shit in the drawer. I have no idea. And then and then this black actor was like, I don't want. Don't make me shit in a drawer. Yeah. Well, because well, it's your it's your privilege that you don't have to think about those things. And, but like, and that's what I mean when I say people of color in the room have to work twice as hard because they're constantly twenty four seven running on a loop trying to police all of that. The misperception. Meanwhile, trying to be funny. White people can feel. I think what I'm realizing is white people can therefore they misperceive all action items coming from people of color as high maintenance because of course there's no maintenance to being white yeah yeah I I I I I get it. I know that the theme of this podcast is 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 you guys explaining things to me that already. I I get that, but like I also think I'm going to get a podcast award for white people. Yeah, well, I think a a lot of times what gets demonized is that initial reaction, and I think that the place that everyone should be trying to get at is that. That initial reaction isn't just present in white people. There are people of color that have that initial reaction, too, because it's been ingrained in us throughout human history and in American society to think that way. But it's on you to then catch it or listen when someone says, mm, that's a little weird that you think that instead of reacting and in, in a way of demonizing the person who like brought it to your attention. Right. Like, don't automatically assume that somebody that's problematizing something is is engaged in self-gratification. Like, yeah, nobody wants to be the wet blanket. Nobody's like, oh, I can't wait to be the wet blanket tomorrow and have everybody look at me like (laughs) that that stupid person of color in the room. The only one I shouldn't have hired them like no one's wishing for that to happen. Like it takes an enormous amount of like emotional and mental energy to like get yourself to the point. I mean, the person who said that probably rehearsed it in their head 20,000 times and then called eight of their people of color friends and were like, should I say this? This is weird, right? Is this worth it? 
Like, should I, I know I have to pick my battles. Is this the hill I want to die on? How important is this? Like, this was probably 24, 24 hours of them losing their minds and then finally coming to the conclusion that, yes, this is important enough where I need to say something. Like, mm-hmm. I've been on the end of that breakdown, that spiraling, you know? And then to then bring it up to a white showrunner and have him be like, all right, like, do not give it a second thought because it meant nothing to him. Right. But you, you know? guys, you guys are both, I'm detecting, tell me if I'm wrong, you guys both belong to the philosophy of air on the side of die on that hill. Oh, yeah, I'm going to burn it to the ground. Because... <laughs> Because get, get, just get fired, right? Yeah, yeah, and then get your next job. Well, for, well, yeah. I don't know if that's how it would go, but I'm still willing to. Well, but it, you, you, you yeah. don't. You we don't, have, you don't we have bluff. our lines. We have our boundaries, you know, and and we're but not I, I we're not willing really to do. We're not willing to just do anything for a job, you know, because like uh, our response. We still have, a huge part of our very being is our responsibility to our communities, and that's mm-hmm. something that's important to us. Yeah. I think it's super notable that because because like between the three of us, what's emerging is a map of the kind of like left liberal cosmos that is like every writer's room. Uh, I, like you got the white guy who's creating the environment without knowing it, which is a cloud of unconscious like shit. And then you have people who are torn inside between when they want to be a wet blanket and when they're not. And then you have varying reactions to to that and et cetera. And I think that. We we finally have an episode where we actually are we're right away like we we've established something we've solved something I think if you're a writer of color and you're on a, a staff and you got a beef like if there's something like sticks in your gut the wrong way it's like ca- call it out talk about it don't really struggle with that oh if I keep my head down I'll have a better chance later when I'm an executive producer because I kept my head down so low. I've found that the 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 best solution in my experience is to beat whatever the hacky joke is. Because here's the thing: like, right. whenever it's like a racist, sexist, whatever, like homophobic joke, ninety nine percent of the time it's a shitty joke. First and foremost, it's never a good joke, and so it's so like the best way to do it is just to beat it because. It does suck when someone in the room is constantly shooting down ideas without contributing. So, in my experience, like, the most effective way to do it without damaging, like... Because that's the thing, too, is that one of the things that, like, I think about is, like, I don't want to be that person so that now a whole room of white guys starts thinking, like, well, that's what happens when you hire a woman. That's what happens when you hire someone non-white. Because now we... Now this whole, like, you know, part of piece of the pie of jokes is off limits to us and it fucking sucks. Like... I don't want to perpetuate that myth. So I think that what, what's been effective for me is just to try to beat it. Because once you, you come up with a better joke that has nothing to do with being sexist or racist or whatever, um, people will go with it unless they're really, really fucking stupid. And also that's like sort of part of why you're there is because like I, I can make plenty of gay jokes and none of them will be homophobic. Like that's yeah. sort of this thing that people think that to talk about those things you have to be offensive and that's part of why you're supposed to be incorporating these different identities in because we know how to make fun of ourselves in a way that is not also harmful or hurtful yeah or like you're making jokes that's for your people you know like that's the other thing is that humor is dictated by white men and it's like Mm -hmm. you know people who aren't white men find a whole breadth of things funny yeah that like white guys wouldn't have come up with Right. There should be jokes on your show that you don't know why they're funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, and, and I always, just when I watch British shows, I go like, well, I can tell that... <laughs> I can tell that this pop cultural reference is like what the thing is, and it's like it's a. But okay, I'll look it up later. It's a British sitcom, whatever. Yeah. And it's like it's a more sophisticated thing, and white people gobble it up. It's like holy man, that's an authentic lesbian joke right there. <laughs> like, like, like it's actually like I find myself laughing at shit when I can tell it's like it's not it it it, it it's like clearly it's like 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 oh man, that's okay. I I'll take your word for it. The Subarus are a thing or whatever. Like. <laughs> Where, where it just it just feels authentic. Maybe that's ten years old. I just dated myself. Like now, that's hacky. But like that's a thing. Comedy keeps moving too. You can't just keep saying like, oh, we we do this and we do that. But yeah, I, I okay, whatever. But, <laughs> I, I, okay, so here's because I I I didn't predict like, like like when I pictured like a a black female writer coming in as a guest. I kind of like I didn't realize I had this like. Oh, I can't uh, wait to hear this description. <laughs> I didn't know you'd have had a basketball scholarship. That threw me. No, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 no, I, I, I kind of like automatically pictured we'd be talking about what it's like to be the black writer in a writer's room and, and uh, asterisk, all writer's rooms are all white. But uh, immediately in your introduction and your credentials, it's like, oh, shit. Well, no, you've been <laughs> – there's a whole circuit. Like you, mm-hmm. you're in writers' rooms that I couldn't get into, but but like, like you worked on three shows, but like I'm kind of I kind of want to delve more into that stuff because it's um it, it's totally off my grid. There must be a whole slew. Well, before we get into that, like we didn't hear what how Brittany like deals with like policing and being the only one in the in the room because we only heard what my technique was. But oh, I thought you guys what... were okay. Well, oh. I didn't know if you did anything different. I don't want to speak for both of us. I mean, I just straight up, sh- I will shoot people down in front of everyone. What do you say? Like, let's do a role playing exercise. Oh no! <laughs> I'm, oh, not, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm like, like I know it's I know it's silly, but like, like, like for real. Okay, I'm the showrunner. We're in a writers' room. You're like a story editor. You're like mm-hmm. not not quite staff. You're like you 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 you're a veteran, but yeah. yeah. Like, if she's story editor, that means that she probably has worked like three seasons on a show just to get to that point. <laughs> by the way, I, all right. <laughs> I, I, in my own self, I, I just want to say not. <laughs> Not if she's ever worked for me, by the way. Uh, I, I don't roll like that, but whatever. I'm from Wisconsin. Like Nobody's ever held the same position uh, uh, for more than two seasons. The fucking like, staff, staff the, the, except, okay, no, that's not true. The fucking... How quickly this fell apart. No, no, I was, I'm just thinking about the hard fucking working, uh, the um, the writer's assistants. Like, like when we got in the lean years on Community, like, it broke my fucking heart. But I, they always got drafts. But anyways, whatever. Harvard. Um, but all right so i'm your i'm your i'm your white showrunner Mm -hmm. and we're 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 in the writer's room and let's just say let's say there's a there's a jessica in the room but whatever there it's just like what you know you don't have to picture yourself like it's picture the writer's room however you want but like all right we're writing a sitcom i go okay so uh and 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 i just want you to like illustrate to us like (laughs) As a as a as a writer, I go like, oh well, what if what if uh, what if the Malcolm character uh, found out that he had a black brother from a different marriage, and then um, and then he said like, oh God, I always wondered why I was so good at basketball. Fine, I don't care. 
Wait, is Malcolm, <laughs> is Malcolm black or white? Uh, well, I, his name is Malcolm. I screwed, <laughs> I know, well, that's what I assumed. But then he said he said Malcolm found out he had a black brother, and I was mm, like, yeah. oh, so well, is right, it a, I fucked up. <laughs> that's what. No, but the, the, I created if a black a white, if that the, made me the, think. The point yeah. is, the, the joke is that he's yeah. a basketball because he's related yeah, yeah. to a black person. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. But I was like, I just wanted to get like a real time, like like do you push back in real time, like like when these riffings uh, are. It happening. depends. I think a lot of the times okay here's a good here's a good strategy i will see how far it goes because i think in rooms a lot of the times so many things fall by the wayside Amen. Yeah, and don't go anywhere that totally. i it's not it's when it's close that i'm like yeah. oh this shit made it through yeah. let me say something right. awesome. yeah 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 it can't be yeah if i would we would never get anything done if exactly. every time someone said anything problematic <laughs> <laughs> that makes perfect sense totally because yeah, yeah it's 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 like it's not that's the th- weird thing is that it's already hard to get comedy rolling mm-hmm. if anybody for any reason yeah. like the m- highest reason is that they went to Yale and they don't th- and this doesn't meet their comedy snob <laughs> like, like like beyond being a black writer you went to Yale. Uh, maybe Yale no comedy is different. And it's like it's like I always have, like I, I don't. Like, I feel like that. Like I feel like you're putting me in the box of like Harvard Lampoon, like right, sort of. Right, right, and right. it's not like that gets me in the room. Right. Like right. normal. If I didn't go to Yale, no one would even talk to me. Well, that's a digression. But <laughs> I, I, I just meant like I, I I just find like my. I've lectured, I've snapped at writers mm-hmm. that because their instinct is a little off and I try to realign them and say like, the hat you're wearing right now is not good for right now because mm-hmm. what they'll do is like somebody, we're, we're, we're brainstorming and then one person is going, what if he had a robot claw? What if he had a pocket watch? What if his cousin came from in out of town and there was a split screen and it was the same actor? And there's 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 a writer who maybe hasn't taken improv workshops or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're and they're kind of like they're really smart and really good, right. really good gifted writers. But and they, but they spend that time going like, well, that sounds like the Beverly Hillbillies, and that wouldn't work because <laughs> and they're like poking uh, holes, poking holes. Right. And I'll snap at that person and yeah. go. Not this is not the time for your fucking right. like yeah, you proving that ideas don't work. You yes and away from the bad ideas. Yes, mm-hmm. let those ideas die. Right. Yeah. I was so glad to hear you say that because mm-hmm. it's like it's wonderful to think that because again in the white white brain the big threat is that somehow wokeness is competitive with mm-hmm. craftsmanship. Right. Look, and it's wor- not because Donald Glover said to me, "A black man, thank you." <laughs> Um, <laughs> an, an, an Emmy winner. Um, uh, he at one point when he was just an actor on my show was like, "Yeah, you know what?" I was apologizing to him for certain comments that were made on set and stuff, and he's like, "No, nah, it doesn't. It doesn't bug me that much. It's just hack. It's just boring. It right. just gets boring." Yeah, but that comes from a lifetime of letting it roll off your 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 back, you know. And uh, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> well, I think there's also a difference between hack and actively troubling. Like mm-hmm. I think, like a ba- like the basketball joke, like it's a yeah, but that's not like hurting anyone's feelings. That's not making anyone feel like they don't belong or aren't incorporated in this show. And that's like a one-liner. There might be like another example where it's like if you worked on an animated show and you're designing the character, and the joke is that they're half black, so that they I don't know. There could be features that the character design right. could be like the joke of, of of them being biracial is expressed in a in a way that the I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, look. So here's the thing. At the end of the day, like 
you know, anyone who becomes a comedy writer wants to write comedy. Like, the first and right. foremost, they love comedy. They want to write good TV. They love TV and they want to write good scripts. Nobody gets into this job and works as hard as you have to work to break into the industry just to be a fucking wet blanket and poo-poo everybody's ideas. Right. You want to write something that you would also be able to enjoy. Yeah. You just want to be represented and you want things to be good and not constantly at the expense of your own community. I do want to get to the language, though, like, like, like... Like at the point where it does get so, let's say so, it gets past that point. Mm-hmm. It, it hasn't died on its own by being hack. Um, all right, it's about to go to press. It's mm-hmm. it's it's hitting your gut as the word. Like like like, what language do we use we got, when we approach our our superior at the office and we're gonna become the wet blanket, whether we like it or not? How do we? What's the best way to phrase it? I think it depends on the person. I think that's like something you learn about being in the room is like what makes something not worth it to that person. Like, is it that, oh, we've done this joke four times Mm -hmm. before or Simpsons did it. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you can. I mean, or you. Yeah, you can. It's just a, you have to figure out what their biggest insecurity is and then press on that, you know, and that's the like extra mental, like extra credit work that you constantly are doing, because not only are you identifying these problems, you're like, what is the fucking strategy? So you're spending, a, you know, hours trying to figure out what the strategy is. Like this guy is co- afraid of constantly being compared to Seinfeld. So I'm going to tell him that <laughs> Seinfeld did this joke already. This guy is afraid of blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to like cu- approach it from that angle you know yeah but there are also times where you like stick to your guns like if there's like a rape joke then i'll be like this is a rape joke yeah and oftentimes the pushback is no it's not and it just becomes a matter of like yes it is like i am a woman telling you that this is a rape joke if you need to like whatever context you're telling you that when you say no i hear yes (laughs) about this joke Um, Okay, so before, okay, one thing I do want to talk about specifically with Brittany is that, like, we've had a lot of um, people write in about episode three where we talk about Confederate and who, whose stories uh, belong to who and who is allowed to tell what stories. Can we take a break and do an awkwardly placed commercial while I freshen my drink? Oh, I'd love that. And then we'll come back and do a Confederate? I'd love that. Okay, great. Thank you. Because I'm, I'm I'm white first, but I'm alcoholic before that. Yeah, your your primary ethnicity is alcoholic. <laughs> it's a whole different. <laughs> okay, we just start. Okay, so um, wait, well, let's have a special. This is our segment because this Confederate. We're talking about Confederate. That HBO show about what if the South won? What if the South won the war? Confederate segment, exclusively on Waiting Wongs. Brought to you by Max Landis. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to hear what he has to say about this. Um, Okay, so a lot of people wrote in about Confederate. I have to admit, like, I don't think... I did a very good job of expressing all of the points that I should have and wanted to express about Confederate, why I am so anti-Confederate and why I feel that uh, certain stories don't belong to certain people. And I think I left out a huge swath of the conversation. So I'd like to try to make up for that now. Um, One email... I mean, we got a lot, but I'll just read one email that I think encapsulates what most people who wrote in about it um, said. Um, So here goes. 
Regarding the new HBO show by the creators of Game of Thrones, I was a bit surprised that an argument against their heading this production was coming in from a fellow writer storyteller. When Jessica asked why they get to create such a show, my immediate response was because they wanted to. I agree that no one can relate to the plight of a people 100 years ago, but that should not be a justification for a story to not be told. Well, first of all, let me just stop here and say, like, my point wasn't that no one can relate to the plight of people from 100 years ago. Missing the point. Right. Um, <laughs> So off. Um, Indeed, it is a writer's job, one might argue, sacred oath to tell a human story before all else to convey the human condition so well that it transcends all other superficial differences. With respect to the human spirit, race is superficial. (laughs) Well, tell that to anyone who isn't white. Um, Anything less falls short of what a good story is meant to be. Okay. All right. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I admire you for I, I but I, okay wait 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 hold on there's okay. more okay there's more I, I, I'm getting mad on your behalf yeah, though yeah. now I want to beat these people up I'm going like she already explained this I can already hear the response to the above paragraph <laughs> <laughs> quote they can't relate I'm sure you hate hypotheticals as much as the next person but a good thought experiment can often be revealing please indulge the following scenario no <laughs> you read that two African Americans created and are now producing a show about an American where the South won. The first season is a huge success. It's compelling, thought-provoking, insightful, and it gives us a unique and much-needed view into this nation's troubled history. The critics love it. Everyone loves it, et cetera, et cetera. Then, it's discovered through some major miscommunication, clerical era, ex machina, that the two creators are white. Does this invalidate the story? If so, I would like to know why. Finally, I would simply ask that you reserve judgment until the show is released. If the race of the producers is grounds for preemptively dismissing what they have to say, that I don't see how two people of color in their place might make any difference, we would all be missing the point. The argument that Jessica made is the is the wet dream of real races. I hear it quite often these oh days God. that Hollywood liberals, the left in general, is eating itself. However, I refuse to believe that well-meaning people cannot engage honestly in good faith. Okay, I'm- look, first of all, I just want to say, like, this guy was very... was. At the very least, respectful in his response. Right. You know, he wasn't trying to be a dick, which I appreciate. Yeah, I, I actually, I, yeah, I think that is an important thing is like, 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 because maybe people, yeah, I wouldn't want to punish that person because you know, he's being honest. Well, they didn't dismiss you. Yeah. They didn't he's, say, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And, blah, you know, but. I, but I hate everything he just said. I just, well, uh, yeah. Can I be the white guy and say like, hey, okay, white guy that wrote that letter like i it's just this is a white thing that we're doing like we're we have the we have the luxury of thinking about these things logically and we because we don't it just i get it like i i thought i think exactly like this too like you just engage your logic circuits because you're white and you're like you're like oh uh, what what but if our job is to eliminate racism beep beep bop boop 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 like like isn't game of thrones a better show and shouldn't we the meritocracy and all this stuff and like i none of it is technically logically invalid it's just that logic uh, it doesn't figure into this stuff well it's okay i like that you brought up meritocracy because that is the underlying argument of this guy and most people who make this argument, which is like, you know, let the why can't it should be an even playing field where, you know, the best thing wins. But that's the problem is that we are not op. It couldn't a meritocracy, a true meritocracy doesn't exist because we are not operating on an even playing field. This country and the world like there is a class system, there is racism, there's systemic racism. Therefore, it is not an even playing field. So there is no way you can actually have a true meritocracy. The way this I only say. wanted to just say that as the sleeve yeah. stack that is the that's a land of the lost reference. The white guy just responding to that 
because I had already been through this conversation, but I don't want to talk that much during yeah, this segment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also assuming that if two black people had created this show, that the response wouldn't be the same one. I think it 100% would be. Like, uh, well, and I, I disagree with that. The, I think but, if, if Aaron Magruder uh, 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 like wanted to do a show about what if the South had won the Civil War, I would be like... My popcorn would be out, and I'd be like, "What is the?" Episode? Yeah, you would, but I don't think black people would because it's not about who's creating the show; it's about what the show is about. Really? And sure? also, Aaron Magruder doesn't want to make that show. Well, that, that's that's the <laughs> more I think important that's point. The key, yeah. But but, but the it, also the other thing is like you know because a lot of people took issue with me saying like some stories aren't yours. You know how how can you say that somebody can't tell another story? What if they did research or something? But here's the problem: is that. You have to examine the history between the two racial groups that are involved. Like, there is a long storied and painful history between white people and black people in this country. And so, for two rich, powerful white men to now profit off slavery as entertainment is, is just egregious. I think that, but, all right. No, okay. I, don't, I don't want to talk during this segment. I, don't want to talk. <laughs> I will only. You, my rule is: you guys have to ask me <laughs> for any input and just talk about this. I want to hear you guys. Also, talk about like it. you don't get to tell me what I get to preemptively dismiss. That is the beauty of a fucking free market or whatever the hell it is. White fucking dudes like <laughs> uses their justification for everything. That is the point of it: is that you get to tell me what it's about, and I get to make up my mind about it. But because my mind is different than your mind, you all of a sudden like the rule are different i get to say no i don't want this and you should respond by saying okay well then we're not going to do it but since the backlash is from black people they don't give a fuck and just the same way they didn't give a fuck and which is why they greenlit this fucking show yeah it's the the problem is that the 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 people in charge of the people who are making a profit are from the group that are the uh, historically the oppressors and they are now profiting off the group that was historically and continues to be the oppressed and that's it's that imbalance of power that is particularly hurtful and insulting and it's also like oh no go ahead no what do you mean go ahead (laughs) (laughs) that's the one this is the one time where he can't go ahead no he was speaking first no no go ahead (laughs) well it's just like the thing of like white artistry at all times, like dismisses black experience, black pain, black bodies, black lives. Like this. Well, I don't think that's first. true. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's always been that thing of like a lot of these arguments are that. Well, what if the show is good? It was like that's not what nobody is saying that they can't make a good show. It doesn't fucking matter if it can be good. Like that's like how far are you willing to go with that argument? Are you willing to go back and be like, well, Birth of a Nation and Jazz Singer uh, <laughs> were technologically advanced for their time, well, so like. Uh, it was worth it you know what i mean these things that put in place these archetypes and shit that is still here with us today and that's the thing about this show is it's white people being like well these things are over so it's it's safe to like flip the table on them now when it's not over well we act like and 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 you can go back to that episode and you can hear me i'm having it's funny how it's like a drop of the ocean no matter how liberal you are as a white guy or whatever like i have I have all these reactions, and I, and we kind of splash them on a microscope slide with iodine because I'm having a conversation with Jessica, and I'm walking through all these devil's advocates. I, 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 I'm, I'm reacting like, I'm like, oh, well, 
I mean, I, the things I want to say that I learned from that conversation are, first of all, nobody that is pushing back against the existence of this show has the power to make the show not happen. That's part mm-hmm. of the outrage. Um, second of all, nobody that's pushing back against this show is suggesting that it be illegal to make this show. Yeah. <laughs> we are exercising the same thing you are arguing for. Yeah. Right. And the, and the most, and the most important like epiphany that I had as a, as an, as a bystander who happens to be delicious vanilla colored, like, um, and, 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 and a fellow creative who, who loves the Game of Thrones guys and quote unquote knows them. I mean, I posed next to them for a picture, uh, uh, for some photo spread called, I think, like the most talented people ever. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they're lovely, lovely people. I, th- I think yeah, we, were, I we, were, we, were hol- we were holding Liz Merriweather because she was the only female. We were, so we were holding her like, uh, like she was like a, <laughs> like a log um, in, in a ball gown. Um, but I, 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 no, I, I, I like those guys, respect those guys. I, even if I had never met them and, it, it, but the thing, the funny thing is, is like I'm not. Th- th- that was that. You can hear me have that epiphany where Jessica goes, "You're not invited to the conversation," like, and, I, and I'm like, "Oh shit, yeah, this is about party fouls. This is about oh, this is awkward. Can we agree this is awkward? You don't have to. We're not trying to make this illegal. We're not. We're not asking for HBO to be pulled off the air. We're not asking for any legislation. We're we're, we're saying, does anyone hear us? Does anyone? Does anyone understand that a world in which this could just slip through the system might be a flawed system because there wasn't this conversation? Isn't it a little crazy that you're unable to predict this much pushback from the populace that you pretend to want to serve? You said something earlier I thought was very... Like it just resonated like about like are we... based? You know, not to put words in your mouth, but like... Are we getting out of bed in the morning to like entertain people? Don't we want them to be happy? <laughs> Don't we want to not do therefore hack things? Don't we want to do is the reason why I don't say the n word during my podcast um because I'm not allowed to or is it or is it because I don't want to ruin my right. podcast yeah. and ruin the experience for mm-hmm. a huge six, <laughs> you know, section of the audience like make everyone uncomfortable it's not about words being illegal it's right. not about Harry Potter villains saying you cannot say that word it's a spell must not be broken it, 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 it's having empathy for another human being but mm-hmm. white people do think it's like again it's like I do think I said to Jessica I was like I, 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 I never I never had an opportunity to express these things because it's not it's not something you talk to i i was i was like i I just kind of like had this like weird infantile white like reaction where i was like you know i gotta say i feel like you guys are telling me i'm in charge of everything and yet you don't want to hear from me and jessica was basically like no one said you were in charge of anything And I, and I just kind of like dawned on it. I was like, wait, so this isn't my problem, which is actually a better deal than I had before. <laughs> I'm not in charge. I simply am part of a demographic that owns everything. And I don't even have to be. Right. And you benefit from it. Yeah. Like whether, regardless of what you do, you benefit from it. Yeah. So you could do nothing. You would benefit from it. You could fight against it. You would still benefit from it. I can simply it. hang out and watch this trash fire happen and yeah. be like, oh, Wow, that's an unfortunate like show to green light right now. Yeah, I mean, and I don't have to like, chime in. It's not even about right now. It's about ever. America yeah. has at no point dealt with slavery. At no point we've glorified 
The like the thing is, the Confederacy has already been glorified. There are statues everywhere. People forgot. Like people excused the generals and shit a year after they were in Congress. Yeah, they, I, I, <laughs> you know what? It's after Charlottesville. It's like I'm sorry, man. I I, I used to be an apologist for the shit, but it's like me and my friend Spencer is talking about that. Like if you're name another country on the planet that had an an attempted insurrection. That that has this much tolerance for the fucking people that lost. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry for half of my audience. I'm sorry for all you prideful, heritage-loving people. <laughs> I, I like. I'm sorry, man. But like, like, come on, dude. Like every other country on earth that has a civil war in their history, the losers get fucking strung up and scrubbed from the Egyptian walls, man. <laughs> you, like you are not like this is crazy that you all got to become senators and representatives and make laws and there's statues everywhere. Enough is enough. That the 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 the, the premise of that show is today. Yeah, and also you're saying that a fucking statue that you have no personal ties to, it's not like it was your fucking grandpa, you know, and like that you have no personal ties to is more important to you. And even if it was your fucking yes. grandpa. <laughs> but like, even if it was, yes, but the sta- this fucking statue, this piece of metal is more important to you than the pain and lives of like millions your and millions friends. of people. Yeah, The right. people you went to high school with. Uh, well, don't definitely yeah, not right. their best friends. <laughs> and, well, Questionable I mean, whether they went to high school together. <laughs> well, but, I mean, but let's be real. Like, like, like we know, we could go to Facebook and confirm that a lot of, uh, that every family tree ha- is one degree of separation away from you know like total understanding as of this a, issue as a, a result level, of right? rape thank you very much alright I I, 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 <laughs> I I was trying to put it a, like a positive slant on it and say we're all one <laughs> just uh, some rose colored uh, rapes I'm so worried now I, I, I like oh I got, I got I got drunk and I got in a booth with two women of color and I, and I got all pumped up <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm going to wake yeah. up tomorrow and there's going to be a, a, guy, a Nazi over my bed with night vision goggles going like, you've gone too far, bro. <laughs> okay, so... Well, here's the thing. They wouldn't yeah. come after you first. <laughs> <laughs> I will also say that... Uh, here's the thing. If there were two white people capable of making that show, they would not want to make that show. The very fact that they want to make that show is what makes them bad candidates. It's got to be me, right? You can sense just from having met. We don't know each other well. But you're like, Dan Harmon could write about the Civil War. Like, they could do it, but the fact that they want to is weird. weird. Like, it's imagine so weird. you were like at a dinner party with these dudes and they were like, hey, what's your, what's your you next pitch? Yeah, <laughs> but like, they, for the first time ever, have carte blanche. They're one of the rare people who have carte blanche, you they know? do whatever the fuck they want. You can do whatever the fuck you want. And you're like, this is the song that's in my heart. Fucking slavery. Right. And so, again, for the people that I think that that email represents people who are thinking the way I thought a couple episodes go, because it's like there can be a reaction where you go, wait, you guys are don't you're overreacting because there's going to be some if we can't do shows based on whether or not the idea sounds good and all this stuff. And I just want to say again. This system is not fair already. It's not a meritocracy, and it's not based on whether an idea is good, and it's not based on how talented the creators are. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be perfectly fine for there to be some demographic pushback, and it's going to be perfectly fine for you to have no fucking say in the conversation because, like, if you want to accept that you live in a world where everybody looks like a bunch of different shit, like – the the relieving thing I invite my white listeners to 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 this like luxurious fucking heaven is like you can actually.
actually just unplug and that's progressive. It's kind of like the gay marriage thing when liberal white guys realized, oh, I can be a hero by not giving a fuck about other people's lives. Like, like I, there was like a beautiful moment. Like I can be lazy and be an advocate. Like, I, I don't like, why would you want to prevent people from, so it's like, like, don't worry about it. Like they'll be fine. They made game of Thrones. They, they pitched a show that kind of like, it, it's like, it's making everybody go, what the fuck's going on at HBO? You can hang back and you're not going to be a party to any slippery slope. That's going to result in any fucking, uh, uh, less free world than if you just let Donald Trump get his way. Someone wrote in and, uh, and uh, said that um, shouldn't we, you know, I see people complaining about Confederate all the time, and yet then they'll post about Game of Thrones. Shouldn't we boycott it? And it's like, no. That, <laughs> why would we boycott Game of Thrones? Like, there's... Because there are no people of color. <laughs> well, that's a separate issue, but like, why would we boycott Game of Thrones over Confederate? Because here's the thing, like, when stuff like this happens, I'm always less mad at the creators than I am at the powers that be that greenlit that bought it. Because to me, it's like... I'm upset that the network bought this because that's uh, that's money and access and opportunity for people of color that they took away. You know, why are you greenlighting the, this kind of shit and not like uh, not b- buying th- not buying properties and greenlighting things from people of color and letting them tell whatever story it is that they want to tell? I I uh, I hate when I'm put in the position of being the Max Landis in the room, but I I I, it, it, I mean it's only because the answer to that is because the money that moves around at the top of the thing is actually based on money. They, they, but I don't think that's true because, like, I mean, black people, people of color, like, are huge, huge demographics in terms of consumerism. You know. And I, I think that that gets proven over and over again that people of color are a huge part of the market. Well, I feel like I expressed this at some point and you just you pushed back. You disagreed with me because I was like, no, white people will gobble up black point of view. And you're like, yeah, I don't know about that. I think that. Well, no, I think that there there is. I think that people want to see themselves represented. And there's a huge part of the market are people who aren't white. I'm and, just saying when the money is all the way at the top, when we talk about like the um, ghost in the shell. Yeah. Like, at the top. But white things fail all the time, but no one's ever like, oh, white shit doesn't work I know, anymore. But, but you're conflating two like spheres of thinking, like like, like where it's like dollars are when we actually want to ask the practical question why are racist decisions made why is what happened yesterday good for today why doesn't anyone ever say let's change it the answer is typically money but my response to you is that uh, i think i said this to you before which is that like every time something that's not white and male and or male like succeeds it's always an exception and not the rule but you're just, but yeah but we're yeah i know but we, we have this perception of like the industry from from down here where we look at it as being such a successful thing where it's like we think like we look at like transparent and we go right this makes perfect sense. You pitch a show that represents a different group, and then it wins an Emmy, and then that adds up to profit. And how, how could this be more simple? Like, blah, blah, blah. But then there's this other aspect to it, which is just like, these guys made Game of Thrones. These guys made Rick and Morty. These guys made uh, Community. Huh, two, of th- two of those three are me. Um, <laughs> it, 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 like, like, like geniuses. <laughs> Trusted, tried and true. No, it's like, it's like, I love no- how you keep throwing yourself in <laughs> the boat with these dudes who, like, I think suck. <laughs> 
I I think I think that television. It, 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 we talked about this where it's like you know the Margaret Cho show was like pitched and it and it was executed. And I totally agree that like it's fucking insane. This is this is why money doesn't work in so many ways because it goes. Oh, uh, Margaret Cho's sitcom got less than a three rating on a Thursday, whatever. And then the problem is that whereas if Margaret Cho's sitcom had been called Billy Johnson um, and it was just about a fat white dude like hanging out, that the showrunner of that show would still be rewarded they would still have a stripe on their arm and go mm-hmm. like well you've survived television so now you're gonna think and that momentum favors like studios want uh people that did a show yesterday to do a show tomorrow mm-hmm. because they just want a guarantee they don't yeah want- i don't think that here's the thing i fundamentally disagree with you on how decisions are made because i think that decisions are made based on how do i not lose my job and not and it's secondary, like, how much money is this going to well, make? You, well, you know? then we both so, agree, though. Yeah, so, so that's why, well, because, no, because it's like, well, I can't lose my job if I greenlight yet another tried-and-true white guy show because I can <laughs> say, like, look, white guy shows have always been successful. It's not my fault that I greenlit a white guy show and it failed. Like, so far, this we're is totally, an anom- this, You know, this is an totally anomaly. Whereas, like, with something like Margaret Cho's show, it's not that, oh, well, that was just a shitty show with bad writing, you know, and, like, it... it, it it's not that was not the reason it was like oh well america wasn't ready for asian americans on tv so let's not have asian americans on tv for 20 years and, and it you would know? be the same thing if margaret cho had been a white dude and they had and the 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 concept of the show had been like um she's friends with a robot so it's like it has like this weird high concept edge to it. So like 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 uh, high concept shows go in and out of fashion in the sitcom. But if landscape. you look at, at the pilots, every single I read the pilots every staffing season, and it's like it's the same white. I see the same fucking names. It's the same white dudes making deals because they're under overall deals. The same guys who get like shows that get ca- awful shows that are canceled within the first season, mm-hmm. and then the next cycle they get another show that gets canceled first season, and it's because. You know, it's because they've already got a show under their belt. And We're not disagreeing at all. Yeah. By the way, is the is the person that ran the is a, I got a great feeling that Margaret Cho's showrunner was not John Him Ho. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Elliot, uh, Elliot Goldenberg, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure. He and was, I and I don't think that they would credit that for being part of the failure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. That's exactly. the problem. Is that Mar- is the idea of Margaret Cho being Asian is actually they go. Hey, Elliot Golden Goldenberg. I'm gonna I'm gonna get so many letters because I'm I, that sounds so anti-Semitic. I, I was I'm trying to riff like a show a white showrunner's name and it no, sounds anti-Semitic. <laughs> I don't mean it we that way. We all know Elliot I'm, Goldenberg. I, I can I put enough tags on that? And go. I'm not trying to be anti-Semitic. <laughs> I recognize that that's a, the most Jewish name I could ever riff. But I <laughs> what I mean is a white guy who's like experienced showrunner who you know worked yesterday and is going to work tomorrow. As a, like I'm calling him Elliot Golden Goldenberg. <laughs> And and I'm saying like if he if he we're all agreeing here if he show ran Margaret Cho's show and it failed th- before they would ever say hey Elliot you suck but that will happen if Elliot has a couple failures but however if Elliot ha- if Elliot worked on Friends and then Elliot worked on this and was, it's a it's a very number crunchy thing like 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 the your tire blows and your family dies the insurance company there's a certain number of tires blowing and families dying there's a certain number of shows there's a certain, it's not a science but like they try to make it that way 
the fucking crazy thing is that where they allow for superstition is they'll go, yeah, but that Asian chick. That was like, oh, that's when Elliot ran that show about that Asian chick. Like she came in, she pitched her Asian family, and 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 then the, another Asian woman comes in, and, and maybe she. She has no perspective like Margaret Cho's. It's three years after Margaret Cho's show. I I totally agree with you that if she, that that they see Margaret Cho and they don't even entertain assigning her to Elliot, they don't even. It's done. That's fucking insane. That that that's that's where the actual like commerce and. And totally, like, people that you, they would say they're not racist, like, and they're just trying not to get fired. It, it, uh, that's where we're in total agreement. Like, 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 it, it, it I don't know how we solve that problem. In a world, I, it, it's, 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 there's people coming in and out of these offices going like, oh, here's the show I want you to risk your career on. It's going to be one-tenth of your slate. You have 10 positions to fill up, and it's like they want to risk as little as possible. So they're not going to – like, oh, didn't that Margaret Cho show fail? It's like anything if, – if the best friend was a horse and the and the Margaret Cho show had a best friend as a horse. Yeah. I, I, you, guys, you guys are staring at me like I'm either being totally – like I'm nailing it or I'm <laughs> so drunk that it's like – I, I I find my I find myself explaining that I totally agree with you so much. <laughs> well, my point was just that it's not dictated by money; it's dictated by people who are trying just not to get fired. Right. Well, when you, I mean, I guess I'm, what, I, I guess what I'm point. trying to clarify is that I those are the same thing to me. That, oh, that, I don't. Yeah, that's I commerce. No, I disagree because so many shows get canceled in the first season that had that had no ratings, made no money. And the people aren't getting fired because they're like, well, this guy already did this show, so it's not my fault. And then they save their jobs. Right. I, I mean, look, we can talk off air and mention names if you want, but <laughs> that's not what this episode is about. I just think I th- I th- I th- the studio system is like, does this dude know how to run a show? And they they don't care who's hack and who's not. They're yeah. like, and and so part of it is like. If they can get their perfect blue sky is, does this dude know how to run a show? Has he taken notes before and also has his show made money? So one can outweigh the other and all this stuff. But if you're like a crazy person with an outside point of view and your show fails, yeah, you're extra, extra fucked. Yeah. And also think about like the dynamic between like a showrunner of color who actually did manage to create and sell their own show and then having to deal with white executives who don't understand their vision, doesn't doesn't relate to what the show is about and doesn't relate to the stories because they're they're They are a different color and uh, grew up in a different way and had different life experiences. Like imagine the micromanaging that would go into a white executive like Fear, full of fear and anxiety, trying to make sure that the show is good, but their definition of good is very different than what the showrunner is trying to make, you know? Hey, Brittany. Yep. Here's a racist question. <laughs> Buckle up. Do you do you watch Blackish? Mm-hmm. Do you know the creator? Can you embarrass? Yeah. Do I know him personally? Yeah, don't you no. guys all go to the same... Do you see him at the, <laughs> at the Black you, People at meeting? The, were you in the Yale meeting? basketball team? <laughs> No, I, I do. do, you, do you, I, yeah, have you, do you know him personally? No. Like, yeah. 
I kind of want a follow up to that. Well, like I if, if she had said yes, what would the question have been? I met him once, and I like I want him to come on the show because like 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 I want to. I just it. it I, I okay. I will say this: like I am, I I am very envious of the um, Black Writers Committee at the WGA because I feel like I feel like uh, the Black entertainment community has really done such a good job of creating like a community within itself and like supporting each other and like are just so much more organized and like. Um, I don't know, good at like being a community within itself. And like, I, I, I mean, I'm sure there are fewer Asian American writers, but like, I, I'm so envious of the, of the like community that black writers have built. Already. You're saying it's kind of like, they have like kind of a gospel choir going. Oh boy. <laughs> Whereas go. your people can't calculate your way into. Well, I, you know, and also like, <laughs> I think that being Asian is like a very, weird spot because we are really kind of in the middle of the color spectrum you know like people darker than us have a way harder time and there's a lot of like internal like racism of like there's a whole long storied history of Asian people being racist to black people and we are also the model minority so we benefit a lot from like being closest to the white part of the spectrum than like black people are in the spectrum you know and so we are afforded a certain amount of privilege because of that and because we are seen as apolitical not scary not intimidating like very neutered people it's still we're we're like like the little helpers to white people you can still you can fall back on Asian if you want to be racist as, as a racist joke like Asian is still like it's the holdout or like white people. Oh yeah, like everyone can still make fun of Asians because Asians aren't intimidating like to Brittany, to when you get al- when you're alone with your black uh, writer friends, mm-hmm. uh, do you guys ever like roll your eyes at Asian people? <laughs> a- Asian writers? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I really hope the answer was 24/7. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't you think guys it's are come like, up. please. What are you talking about? People of color. Like, there's only one color. You know, mm. like, like, what do you mean? Like, there is a, a lot of debate. Topic, there so. is debate about like whether or not like Asian people should count as people of color because of specific. I mean, usually when they say that, they're talking about East Asians because like we are we are so close on the spectrum to white people and like we're the invisible minority. You know, and you know our problems aren't a matter of life and death like they are for Black people in this country. Our problems are like people think we're good at math and like think we're you know we can't speak english well and don't belong in this country right mm-hmm. yeah but those, and those are the jokes that black people make about other like all yeah. racist black jokes are just the hackiest thing <laughs> it's the most obvious thing that's the way that black people are racist <laughs> it's like a real fun surface level we can't do anything to anyone <laughs> Can I open up this box, even though we're fucking, we're on a record? Uh, yeah. But, like, what about the black, the, the, the homophobia? You're you're a black gay person. Mm-hmm. So what about, uh, just, I just want to, like, as a white person, take a stick and poke and just go, what what is the, like, like uh, black, the black community, uh, uh, there's, like, I, you're not, you're not, you're not taking my bait. <laughs> well, are you saying that black people are more homophobic than everyone else? That there's more homophobia permitted within that 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 like it's less called out. I, I don't think know. that it's the same thing as his racist as the racist stuff. It's like the easiest like sort of common denominator of a joke 
is just more permitted in black communities. Like, I think there's just more of making fun of the most obvious thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that black people are more homophobic than any other. Well, people. I do. Well, that's all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to leave people with food for thought. <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> I have a pitch for Showtime coming called "What." It's it's about what if black people won World War II, but gay people lost. <laughs> I just it's so my, your, it's my, like as a straight a, white person. This it, is a song I, that's in your heart. Yes, I wanted to talk about this. But I also love that in this scenario, did black people? It's like, like man they, in the they, high tower meets. They, but I mean, of like all nations, just banded together and oh. we're like, let's throw our hat into the to the ring of World yeah. War Two. Okay, F- I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Fade in and uh, Eep. Uh, um, is that the country? France. Um, oh. it, 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 uh, black people come over a hill. They're like Dothraki, but more sophisticated. Like they have banded together. Like the, the white people are fighting each other, and then black people just come in and go like, "We're taking you over." And and it, it's like that's the cold open. And then and then it says it's Dan Harmon presents. What if black people won World War Two? That's the name of the show. And then parentheses, <laughs> but but they hate gay people. <laughs> and so then you fade in. And well, so what happens to the black gay people? The, you mean the protagonist of my show? <laughs> uh, I will tell Claire. I will, I will tell you what happens to her. She fucking overcomes fucking major adversity, which is why I'm going to win an Emmy. I don't know. Look, look I'll. <laughs> Just give me a chance, will ya? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll you? Yeah, you don't want to block this we'll, shit. We'll let the free market decide. <laughs> don't fucking like don't 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 take my First Amendment rights away to have a <laughs> Showtime show. All right, this has been a record long episode, and there was so much stuff that I'd wanted to cover that we still haven't covered. But yeah, I have I no idea what we accomplished, I've, but once again, we've accomplished nothing. We still haven't solved racism, <laughs> and I really thought we were going to get it this time. But I did no, but I do want to say, like, unlike most episodes, like we got a fucking nugget here. I, I, because I, I, it's like I, from your guys' perspective, um, I was glad to hear like a perspective that, or a philosophy that would not be different from my own if there if it was po- which is like if you're in a writer's room and like shit hits your gut wrong Brittany said like let it first of all you don't have to be a cop about it like first and foremost you're a comedy writer which means you follow rule number one which is you let hack shit be hack because hack shit will hopefully die if you're working on a decent show mm-hmm. then there comes a point where oh this shit's going out the window off the assembly line and Mm -hmm. and then you go you know what look you you take it from there and and you err on the side I'm hearing of if this is how I get fired then let the industry like yeah well uh, my my personal philosophy and mission is that I'm gonna put my head down work my way up I got my Arya Stark kill list of white people (laughs) that I will never hire and that I will fucking destroy when I get a chance to and then when I get up to the top I'm gonna make some fucking rules in my own writer's room. But And then I just want to say, so if you're a white dude, so it's not like this podcast is for white showrunners or even white staff writers. It'll be an incredibly tiny audience. But white dudes who are thinking about, fantasizing about being on a staff, being writers. And so when you hear people problematizing stuff and it makes you think, puts you on guard, just think as I've had to learn, like, actually, as as with comedy where hack shit will prove itself hack over time 
let someone's problematization of something prove itself hack over time. I've had interactions where it's like somebody starts complaining, going like, I don't think a black woman should say this. If you're worried about the slippery slope of false accusation or whatever, that will it'll it'll fall on its face if you indulge it. I, I, I like 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 don't worry about it as much. You don't have to guard against it. It's not keeping you from getting your show done, your joke done or whatever. Consider the fact that because you're part of that demographic that you haven't thought about it that way. And so the illusion is that it's a high maintenance person because actually they're they're doing regular amount of maintenance and you're zero maintenance. Like yeah, so everyone seems... is trying to make the, the show better. Right. And you're just I almost made a black woman shit in a drawer. <laughs> and I did, and I swear I'm not I wasn't <laughs> I didn't think it had anything to do with racism. And and we ended up replacing it with something. And but she she had to muster the balls to say I don't want to What was the context <laughs> of wanting her to shit in a drawer? We we're we're out of time. <laughs> That's how long the story is? It's more than a two sentence explanation. No, it was the episode where she she was just the, the story was that she's going crazy because she was projecting on to Britta because she 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 wasn't admitting that she was projecting onto Britta um, her uh, pain of losing her husband and that she wanted when Britta wasn't uh, had been dumped by Jeff it was it was your friend who's like more militant about your being dumped because they are masking they're they're using mm-hmm. you as an avatar and so in my mind it had nothing to do with anything of her being any group that that but it was like that that I wanted to take it to that extreme she wanted to like shit in the teacher's drawer that had stolen Britta's Boyfriend. Oh, I see, I see. And that that was the height of like how over the top you could get. Right. Where Britta's got to be like, what are you doing? What's wrong? What is this really about? That Yvette, Yvette comes up and goes like, I don't want to shit in a drawer. It's a black woman thing. And I'm like thinking, it's a black woman, whatever. And then I said, I'll go to the writer's room. And if we can, if we can, if we can not compromise the show and not have you shit in a drawer, we'll figure it out. And then I went to the writer's room and I said, can we, can we not have her shit in a drawer? What else would you do? And some someone said, she can pull in a hose and start trying to fill the desk with water it didn't it made no difference it was extreme the the mm-hmm. the, the placeholder there was like it needed her, her behavior needed to be extreme it didn't need to be her pulling down her pants and sticking her ass into a drawer like a cat and <laughs> take a shit and here's what's fun if she had done that and then two more black women had shit in drawers <laughs> all of a sudden you got a new stereotype <laughs> <laughs> i love the idea that black women shit in drawers <laughs> As a stereotype. Yeah. Why don't you go um, perpetuate that myth? Yeah, I guess my closing thought is that for everyone who thinks that the argument is simply that white people aren't allowed to write from other POVs, you have to also remember that like people of color write from white POVs all the time. It's not like a matter of skill. That's not what we're saying. A good writer can write, and we have to do it all the time. I think that's what you're overlooking is that I, as a black person, write for white people constantly. And at no point does someone go, I think a, I think a nigga wrote that. Like, that's not what happens. That's not the I'm argument that anyone to use that word. is trying to make. <laughs> white people do it all the time, and sometimes they do it well. That's not the point. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to plug? <laughs> Sure. Uh, you can follow me at Be As Hilarious. Uh, I have a podcast called Brand New Podcast. Uh, no straight white man has ever been a guest. Uh, and I have a movie called Suicide Kale on Amazon, iTunes, Vimeo, etc. Which I've watched and is very funny. Thank you. Is this is this is this a stereotype that I took it this way? But that, that I assume that's an invitation, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, you can be our first white dude. I mean, if you want, you don't want to come. <laughs> you don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> don't understand how straight white males think, do you? Just say no straight white males. That's the Mount Everest of podcasts. I'm there. And then, Brittany, you come with me and Dan to China. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, thank you, Brittany, for being our very first guest on this podcast. Thank you for having me. In our best episode. Yeah. And, and if you think differently, you're racist. <laughs> Agreed. Once again, everyone, you're racist. Max Landis, good night. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good show. <laughs> <laughs>